0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Failure Effect, a show about reclaiming the word failure and turning it into success. My name is Wayu Amuli and I am your host. And without further ado, I would love to introduce you to this week's guest. He is a gentleman that I think we all would know. And if you do not know, then you should know. His name is Jaram Winamo. <laughs> he is the CEO of a one-stop business services shop called Sandbox. So if you're struggling with your startup, you don't know where to find lawyer services, you don't know how to market, you're trying to avoid KRA, mm-hmm. this is a gentleman to talk to and he will sort you out. Welcome to the show, Jorah. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for <laughs> inviting me. It's a huge pleasure to be here. Right, yeah, and yeah.
0: I am so glad that you've made the time um, because your story is fascinating. I mean, you, you help other entrepreneurs entrepreneur, yes. but then that's because you've gone through your own challenges being an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Uh, and you are a mental health advocate because this entrepreneurial journey has given you some severe, severely triggering episodes.
1: Yes, yes yeah. I've been through that journey myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't talk about it for a long time, uh, right. but uh, now it's gotten to a place where I'm at least comfortable enough having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the, a large part of that entrepreneurial journey, um, it was very difficult, and <laughs> so I've, you know, had um, times when I have completely broken down into clinical depression. Wow! In that journey, um, I'm, I'm one of those who I was employed for a very, very short time, about three years, mm-hmm. and so I've been a full-time entrepreneur from 2007. I think we are headed towards 16, 17 years. Oh
0: my goodness! Of running businesses. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so I have a lot I can say about entrepreneurship. (laughs) Wow. And I've also, you know, my business at some point turned towards uh, helping entrepreneurs uh, not make the same mistakes we went through that uh, made it very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to package uh, solutions and services that help people avoid those same mistakes that we went through. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Um, I've been through the journey myself, but I've also coached hundreds of entrepreneurs and just gotten to see a lot Mm -hmm. uh, about what can help a business succeed or fail. Right. Yeah.
0: And this journey has also had its uh, effect on your marriage. You've, you've been married for... Um, 15 years. 15 years yeah. with four children. Yes. And it hasn't been <laughs> easy. I can imagine your wife supporting. And this is an important conversation that we need to have, yes. is the impact of this journey yeah. on your intimate relationships, because it does have an impact.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually did a study together with my wife, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it had been very difficult on both our marriage, our parenting, uh, you know, just the pressures that come with having a family. Mm -hmm. And so one time we just decided, you know, why not do a survey and see are we the only ones Uh going through a really difficult time? And we actually got quite a number of people to respond and they were also very curious about the feedback. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we ended up getting a study out on Uh uh, entrepreneurship and marriage. Right. Uh the results were not very encouraging. Uh Uh-huh. Okay.
0: (laughs) Is it tending towards the divorce side? or the side of divorce, breakup. Gosh.
1: Um, you know, families going bankrupt, losing property, losing everything they've worked for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think majority of the respondents actually said that entrepreneurship had a negative effect on their marriage and family life. Uh, we had people responding and saying, I wish my first wife hung around long mm-hmm. enough to see the success of the business, mm-hmm. which means, you know, it's in the second marriage that uh, yeah. the success came through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so, yeah, we just realized a lot of things during that conversation Yeah, that uh, first, the couples usually jump in with a lot of optimism. Mm-hmm. In many cases, one is employed and then the other one is on running the business. Yeah, and uh, But what we realized that, You know, they both jump in with a lot of optimism that this will take a really short time and the business will be thriving. Mm -hmm. So you find even the, you know, the employed person taking loans on behalf of the business because, you know, they are creditworthy, the entrepreneur is not. Mm -hmm. And then things go south. And then what do you do? You've lost the money that was taken on the employment side. Everything goes south uh, or it takes 7, 10, 15 years for the business to take off. Um, and they were expecting that it was going to happen in two to three years and so you just find that uh, because they had the wrong expectations it gets very difficult to sustain that relationship yeah
0: my word. Okay, so ten, <laughs> seven, twenty. I'm at, I will proceed to dust off my CV and get back into the
2: job
1: market. <laughs> yeah. But
0: let's let's talk about where you started because you started off pretty early.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. Um Right out of campus. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We registered Wild International. Mm-hmm which went through a lot of iterations Mm -hmm. uh, before we found what we felt uh, we could do into the long term. But what had generally happened is that we set out as a youth leadership consultancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a side hustle, I think, Mm -hmm. for the first three years. Uh, So I was fortunate to have the opportunity. I worked outside the country in Uganda and in uh, Norway for Mm -hmm. some time. But my co-founder was here. It's called David. Um, And so... I think we were very early in the day, so there was very little money in that space uh-huh, <laughs> at that uh-huh. time. And so the business went pivoting. We went in, then became a corporate training company, faced some regulatory challenges where we couldn't find some certification, and uh, I think that was just around the time for post-election violence as well, ah. 2007. And so in the struggles of building that business, we had to just get innovative and uh, really rethink uh, how we were running the business because a certain certification we couldn't get, Yeah. Uh, one of the values that has driven us in the background has always been doing business with integrity. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, we suspect that uh, people wanted us to grease hands so that we get that certification. <laughs> of course. Because we could see people with much less requirements than us having that certification, but we would jump through hoops to try and get everything possible Mm -hmm. and would still not be given. We would, you know, have goalposts always being shifted. You don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have that. And so as a result, we couldn't do any corporate training for a very long time and we could just see our business declining and declining and declining. Yeah. And so we had to get creative and... uh, The creativity was around, were there spaces we could play in with competencies we had that did not require the certification or were not regulated? Mm -hmm. And uh, part of that answer ended up being helping organizations with uh, their structure, their strategy, because that was in the management consulting field, which is until today not regulated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had to pivot into that and Mm -hmm. start helping businesses. Uh, we just realize there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are brilliant with the technical aspects of what they do. Yeah. But when it comes to the business aspects that surround the technical aspects, mm-hmm. uh, one, it's very overwhelming because uh, you no, no one prepares you to know that you'll need to understand accounting, you'll need to understand marketing, you'll need to understand taxes, mm-hmm. HR, yeah. recruiting the right people and working with the right people. yeah, And so... A lot of people get overwhelmed by all those business aspects because here I was a technical expert at what I did. But now I have to manage people, I have to manage a business, I have to manage clients, I have to sell. Mm-hmm. And I was not prepared for all those things. Yeah. And so we began to package uh, content and tools and methodologies that would just help entrepreneurs to at least be forewarned on some of these things. And yes. like our own experience. Mm-hmm. And so we created programs around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, partnered with specialist consultants in areas like sales, legal, accounting and the like, and would run a joint program around that. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that that pivot is what eventually ended up, uh, getting our business to take off, mm. uh, because then we realized there was literally thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs running businesses, but very clueless on all the business aspects. And so as they came into our program and learned, oh, this is how you structure the business, this is what strategy is. This is what taxes are. This is what legal is. This is what brand is. Mm-hmm. And they would go back and put these things in place for their businesses. then they would just see improvements. They would see the business growing, becoming more visible, mm-hmm. um, building better products and services. And mm-hmm. then they would attract better clients or get more referrals. Right. And so as we worked with different uh, entrepreneurs, we would actually see their businesses begin to grow in leaps and bounds because we just unlock... The next level of growth for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we would have businesses grow five, 10, 20 times over what they were before. And so we realized that, you know, we were onto something just in terms of helping mm-hmm. Kenyan businesses grow. In fact, I remember the tagline at the time was from one man shows or one woman shows to multinationals. Because we're wow. like, Why? And Kenyans building, you know, big yeah. businesses that can grow and scale and become regional businesses. Mm. And uh, so, you know, as we helped them unlock that growth, we'd see people grow, open businesses in Uganda, uh-huh. Tanzania, Ghana, uh-huh. you know, Rwanda. And uh, then, yeah, we became clear that, uh, you know, Africans can build great yeah. businesses. Uh, of course, what would get round about our program, our services and the like, and... Uh, Uh, So we'd have more and more people coming. And so by the time we actually retired that program, because we changed the model down the line when we set up Sandbox, um, we had trained over 700 businesses in Nairobi and they would pay to come for the services and stuff. Uh, So that's why I'm like, I've seen everything when it comes to entrepreneurship, (laughs) success, failure. Yes. Um, Yeah, we've seen it all. (laughs) So...
0: I will tell you this, um, over the course of the last few episodes, every entrepreneur that I have spoken to has talked about two things, being auctioned, right? Mm -hmm. That seems like a staple. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And then the other thing that they've talked about is problems with partnership, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So I'm going to ask you, let's start with the whole partnership angle. What's your experience with that?
1: (laughs) Uh, It's funny that I help businesses and I even (laughs) help people craft (laughs) partnerships and, you know, make their partnerships work. But I've been in... uh, is it four failed partnerships? Uh-huh. Um, because uh, one, my co-founder, that didn't work. At in our, uh, around 2012, uh, we had to go our separate ways. What uh, happened? If you remember, so there's a special relationship between my entrepreneurship journey and election years. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And 2012 was, you know, just on the cusp of another election year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and things were really, really difficult then. So, um, you know, we had done our best to just try and get the business going. But as happens in Kenya every five years, during election years, everything just slows down. People stop making decisions, people stop buying, you know, nobody invests in anything new. And Mm -hmm. so we were in that situation where our business had gotten to a place where it was struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, It could not support the the both of us at that time. Um, You know, we were having a lot of challenges just keeping things going. And so uh, my, my my co-founder for Wild International was someone who were very close friends. I mean, we had been friends from the time we were like 12 years old. Wow. So we had a v- much stronger personal relationship than business relationship. And mm-hmm. sometimes business relationship uh, calls for tough decisions, True. Uh, calls for, you know, sacrifice, calls for just so many things. Mm-hmm. That could end up... Uh, affecting the personal relationship and so we're both married at the time I think very young families and you know just pressure to keep things going and uh, I think through those challenges it started to become very clear that uh, the business couldn't support both of us we were both struggling uh, on making money and of course with electioneers you can't, you can't even speed up anything, you just have to go through it. Mm-hmm. And so we started to have tough conversations around, you know, is this working? Can it, can it work? Um, uh, I think he increasingly reflected and just figured out, okay, he could leave. Uh, and uh, I think at the point at which he communicated to me that he was thinking about living, um, I think maybe up until that point, both of us were thinking, this is not working. So mm-hmm. maybe we shut down and and go and do other things. Yeah. And I remember even at that time, there's a time I'd taken a short-term contract that was almost like employment, mm-hmm. just to keep things going and that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, so when he decided he was leaving, I think as I was reflecting through that, I was like, okay, when I'm by myself, The costs are a lot lower. Maybe I can keep the company going. And somebody else had also requested if they could join us. Mm -hmm. So I went back to that person, and they are now the current CEO of Wild International. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we had the difficult conversation about him leaving. Uh, It was very difficult, um, I think, for both of us, Mm -hmm. uh, because we've reflected on it later. We are still very good friends until today. Uh, But for like two years, I don't think we talked much or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, discuss that situation for a while, but I think when we came back like two years later and looked back, we both agreed it was for the best mm-hmm. uh, for the directions both our careers had taken. Uh-huh. And yeah, we were able to just talk things through and realize okay, it was it was a difficult time when we were going through it, but it was uh, for the best down the line. Um, for the direction that we we're going to take. So, yeah, so that, that was my first experience, you know, having to go separate ways uh, uh-huh. with, a, with a, uh, a business partner. Uh, the funny thing is that for me it made me very carefree after that because okay. after that I was like if that relationship didn't work out and that was like my closest friend, yeah. then there is no other relationship in the world yeah. that is guaranteed to work. So uh-huh. I became very carefree and I'm like I would try out partnerships quickly and just fail quickly through it. So after that there was another, uh, so my the, the, the gentleman called Chris who joined us, uh-huh. who joined me at the time, uh, were able... To go through the election year, rebuild the business. Uh uh, And it kept growing. And even when I left the business, he's the one who took over as CEO and Uh was able to run it. But together with Chris, we tried to admit two other partners did not work out within six months. We moved on quickly. And like I said, I I don't catch feelings about partnerships not working anymore. And even down the line, we tried another partnership. So one worked, another one did not work. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I'm like... You know, don't 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 take it so seriously. Like it's not it's not a marriage till death do you part. It's I I have things I would look out for now. Like yes. uh, do you have shared vision or shared values? Uh-huh. For me, those are the two most important things. In fact, do you have shared values? Uh-huh.
2: Uh,
1: because vision you can work on together. Uh-huh. But if you don't agree on values. Uh-huh. Don't be in a partnership. And then if it's not working out, Mm -hmm. and even when people come and say, oh, I want to get into a business partnership, I'm like, discuss divorce before you discuss marriage. Right. Like, what will you do if things don't work out, go south, and that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, uh, discuss the negative, because people tend to discuss partnerships based on all the positives and how it works out, how you're going to split the millions when they come. But you don't discuss the tough times when Mm -hmm. there's no money. Mm -hmm. You know, what will you do? Mm -hmm. So nowadays I'm like, discuss all the deal breakers Mm -hmm. before you discuss what would make it work. Okay,
0: that sounds like a relationship, actually, (laughs) like a marriage. (laughs) It's the same thing. (laughs) Okay, so how do you know, what are the signs that tell you that you, this is not because you might agree on values, yes. you know. For example, yeah. and then along the way you realize no, there are other factors. One of the things that I've had people say is I got into business with someone who has the same skill that I do, mm. you know. So now we're both creatives, so we have no technical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <they are laughs> no. person, yeah. Yeah. So what are the signs?
1: Um, I, nowadays, I actually advocate for don't don't get someone like you. Like get someone mm-hmm. complementary. Yeah yourself because I think the older I've grown in entrepreneurship, the more I have come to admit that as, an, as a human being, you have strengths and you have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So don't get someone who has the same strengths as you. Get someone who complements your weaknesses mm-hmm. um, because you you'll quickly realize if you're too outgoing sanguine type of personalities who's looking into the details who's Mm -hmm. looking into the operations who is you know dealing with the nitty-gritty so I myself am the visionary outgoing strategic type Mm -hmm. Uh, if you ask me about big picture and all sorts of things I'm good to go yeah Uh, but nowadays I'm very clear my Mm -hmm. number two or my partner has to be detail-oriented strong in operations Mm -hmm. you know has to be able to just handle the back end because yeah. that's not my strength. Yeah. And so you'd realize that if you get into a partnership where uh, you're very similar, there are a lot of things that will probably, uh, you know, fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And, and similarly, if you are the detail-oriented and that kind of person, then get someone who's outgoing, visionary, and, you mm-hmm. know, relationship-oriented or something of a sort. Mm-hmm. So, so it's about looking for someone complementary. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you know things are not working? Um, I think if you're increasingly just having had conversations around, you know, things that you don't agree on in mm-hmm. the business and mm-hmm. it's impacting the bottom line of the business, because I don't think it matters the kind of partner you have. You're going to fight. Okay. It doesn't matter how much you get along, you're going to fight. Okay. But if your fights are not ending up in resolution of issues yeah. and finding a better way of dealing with that issue in future, mm-hmm. then maybe that relationship is doomed towards, uh, you know, failure. Okay. Um, and... I keep telling people just build a culture of confronting brutal facts Mm -hmm. as, you know, business people. Sales are declining, they're declining. Don't fight about it. Mm -hmm. Those are the facts. Mm -hmm. Ask why are they declining? Are we not building enough sales capacity? Do we both need to be involved in this? Or did you come in this business thinking you're not going to sell and I'm going to do all the sales? Have those hard conversations. Right. Because I can tell you in almost 100% of Business partnerships that don't discuss issues fail. I can guarantee you. Okay. Yeah. You have to... Build a healthy culture of discussing the tough issues. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, maybe being mature enough that you can fight. But after that, you can go have coffee, you can have drinks, and mm-hmm. life yeah. goes on. You don't yeah. take it, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So now, let's go directly yeah. to mental health mm-hmm. and the impact that this business has had yeah. on, on yourself personally, yeah. right?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I, I think for me, in the first time that I got the sense something was really wrong, was uh, when, uh, during post-election violence, because I'd had an episode mm-hmm. of depression, but this was when I was working in Norway, and mm-hmm. in that country you have like times when it's dark for almost 18 to 20 hours a day. Yeah, And so I thought it was weather-related, so mm-hmm. I thought when I come back home, everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came back, and... I think almost six months later is when we had a post-election violence uh, in 2007. And so after that, I started to feel prolonged anxiety, mm-hmm. which was unusual. And then after the prolonged anxiety, I just sank into like mm-hmm. complete sadness, okay. again prolonged for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I began to realize, no, this isn't normal. Something is not right here. And so after that, I began a very long journey. Of uh, first, I went to a general practitioner, and he's like, "Hey, the symptoms you're describing, I think you need to see a specialist psychiatrist." Mm-hmm. Um, I've been through a lot of psychiatrists in this city because uh, I realize you you need your chemistry with your psychiatrist needs to work yes. if your healing is going to work down mm-hmm. the line. And so, you know, started off a journey trying to find one uh, whom I felt. The relationship was not commercial Uh because earlier I felt, uh, you know, my wife had a good cover that covered both of us. And I just felt I was being pumped with medicines and Uh nothing much was, you know, being thought through around it. Uh Uh, But anyway, that started an almost 13-year journey Uh um, into uh, working with therapists, uh, taking medication uh, for the depression. And, you know, this entire time I've been an entrepreneur. So, um, I mean, anyone who's run a business will tell you it. You you always feel like you're carrying a very heavy load throughout. And so there'd be a lot of uh, times. And if you look at that timeline, 2007, so 2012, it means like when I was going separate with my partner, I was dealing with depression. By 2017, there was another, you know, election period. Uh, again, dealt with. Uh, So, within every time when business would become difficult, I would probably uh, have triggers and then get sink into depression again and have to climb out of it Mm -hmm. and maybe go through intense medication and therapy Mm -hmm. uh, to climb out of it as we were building the the different businesses that we were doing. And so, yeah, I would say almost throughout my entire (laughs) entrepreneurship career, I've also had yeah, uh, you know a uh, period where i was going through uh, dealing with clinical depression and going through treatment
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so yeah i had to learn a lot along the way because uh, my business was in the uh, c- can you call it intellect space where we're helping people yeah with strategy you have to do reports you have to you know, facilitate workshops and do all these sessions and in the background, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with uh, this darkness, uh, dark cloud that's hanging over you. So I'd have uh, like intense periods of one fear yeah, because uh, in Kenya you have the stigma around mental health and so there's a fear of if my clients find out yeah I'm dealing with a mental health issue, will they still continue to trust and give us work?
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are periods when you're right in the middle of a lot of hard work and you have proposals to do, you have reports to do, uh. but your mind is just not working. Yes. Like you're sitting in front of that laptop for probably hours, but uh-huh. you're not able to move. Uh-huh. Um, and so in all those periods, I had to figure out just ways of coping uh-huh. uh, because it definitely impacts a business. I've always been the CEO. It uh-huh. definitely impacts... Uh, how quickly the business moves mm-hmm. uh, because there are times when there are tough decisions to be made and mm-hmm. if you're down in the dumps and you have tough decisions to make, in fact you're probably down in the dumps because of that tough decision yeah. to make. how do you build the courage how do you build uh, uh, what it takes to, to to make that tough decision mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i had to especially working with my therapist i had to learn a lot of coping mechanisms uh, there are times when i just couldn't work and then now i had to uh, first, I had to disclose to my business partner, look, I'm going through this issue, mm-hmm. uh, there'll be times I can't work at all, you mm-hmm. need to step in and keep things going. Yeah, um, And he would, uh, he was very understanding and in many times I'll just come and tell, hey dude, I think I'm going into a period where things are going to be thick. He's like, you don't worry, I've got this. He would step in, you know, Uh uh, take over. Maybe it's an assignment with a client. I would maybe physically show up for the meeting, but he would maybe facilitate or drive the meeting or whatever it is. So, like, those are the things that I would have to do in the background to Uh just keep things going. In fact, there are many people who listen to this podcast and they'll be very shocked
2: Uh that
1: that entire period we were doing assignments with them that I was actually dealing with a mental health issue Uh because people have never seen it. Like, we found... Uh, Or I can say I became very good at masking and, you know, uh, hiding it from clients, hiding it from general populace. People come to Sandbox and they're like, this entire period, you've been dealing with depression and you've built this large business. You know, it's very surprising to them. Mm -hmm. For others, I think it's very inspiring that Mm -hmm. you could still go through those issues, find ways of coping heal and still build something amazing. Uh, But I would actually say also in the coaching of those many entrepreneurs, and maybe it's why I was very empathetic to a lot of them, I found out that maybe 30% of those who'd come for coaching or for help with their business, Mm -hmm. uh, the real fundamental thing they were dealing with was a mental health issue. Yes. And they didn't know. Yeah. uh, Because we are very unaware of sometimes the symptoms or what it is that Mm -hmm. is holding you back. So someone just thinks they're burnt out or thinks, uh, you know, They are just sad or something, but they don't realize that the underlying thing that's slowing them down in the background is is actually a mental health issue.
0: Right. I mean, because I'm thinking, you know the symptoms of like clinical depression because you've got anxiety, Mm. yes, which Mm. can hold you back in a social setting. Mm -hmm. But then you've also got irritability, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm. And then you've got, you're reclusive. Mm -hmm. You can't stand to be around people. You... Can't even stand to be around yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? So (laughs) even, like, waking up and taking a shower, I believe I've said this in the show before, Mm. can often seem like a task. It's those little things. How did you handle it?
1: Uh, uh, I think dealing with depression is probably one of the things that has communicated to me that I'm I'm a fighter. Like, I really, I fight. Because I hear many other people's accounts of Mm -hmm. what they had to deal with. Um, I don't remember... A single time in that history even say when I didn't feel like getting out of bed and whatever I would get out of bed shower change and just go to the office I'd rather like, go and sit there the whole day and do nothing mm-hmm. but I'm not staying at home and sleeping like okay. that was my way of fighting and saying this thing is going to go on uh, come what may yeah. um uh, I yeah so I'd just figure out uh, Building one support structures and then building routines Uh that just keep things going. Where I'm like, I'll go to the office. If all I do is one thing, that's the one thing I'll do for that day. And I'll go home and say, look, Uh at least I kept things going. But I would fight that urge to just sit back and stay in bed and, you know, keep the curtains closed and that kind of thing. I would really fight that urge. It would then mean that for most weekends, Saturday, I would be completely gone like a bit so most Saturdays Mm -hmm. I would be completely asleep in fact I remember at some point it was a problem uh, with my family because you know the weekends when I should be spending with them is when I am completely gone and I can't do anything Mm -hmm. Uh, but then also it made me uh, like look for every possible solution like I tried so many things I tried alternative medicine Uh I tried so many things just to find a solution for if there's something that can make this thing work I am going to find whatever that answer is, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually I did realize that yes, there are different types of medication that work different ways with our physiology. So mm-hmm. I kept fighting to figure out better and better uh, mm-hmm. medications that would work better with me, mm-hmm. uh, that I wouldn't have terrible side effects. Yeah. And then I realized that psychotherapy, like, just makes a huge difference. Like medicine alone uh, mm-hmm. is not enough. Yeah, and so I, d- that's what even just led to looking for therapists who believed in both because mm-hmm. I believe in the world of medicine. There are people who are more medicine-driven. There are others who are more psycho- psychotherapy-driven. Yeah. Uh, and Then there are some who believe in both because maybe they've studied both. So mm-hmm. whoever I eventually ended up working with had studied both and believed in both and, you know, signed be up for both. So it would be like, okay, you need to take this medication. Yeah. But from next Monday, come back and see Dr., you know, whoever, and, you know, she'll help you through the coping mechanisms to help build back. So I did that for quite a while Uh and would see very immediate, you know, like feedback loops on getting better. Uh Um, uh, My therapist would help me uh, like tie... Uh, back to what's causing me to get depressed. For example, Mm -hmm. it may be an issue at work. It may be an issue at home. It may be an issue with a relative. It may be an issue that happened when I was 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, so she would help me unravel all those things. And I just saw a very gradual, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, improvement. Um, Because I I think it's very interesting, and this might be the case with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like, we are very high-energy people. Mm -hmm. So in my depression... I am still more productive than the average human being. Okay. So you can imagine the speed I move at when I am completely okay. Well, and how yeah. crazy it can drive people. Yeah, uh, yeah. And even with that, now there's a problem of me now managing myself not to mm-hmm. drive people crazy or kill them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they're moving too slowly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> meanwhile, so you're going through all of this, right? Yeah. Um, Business is obviously going through its its, its mm-hmm. phases mm-hmm. and then, you know, you've got your bouts of uh, depression mm-hmm. and your wife mm. is the one in employment. <laughs> How did she handle all of this? Because let me tell you something. Yeah. I know a lot of women who would have quit very early on yes. in the day. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, that, you know, just had its dynamics in terms of, uh, uh, especially as a family grew, like I mentioned, our four kids and... Uh, you know that's not a very light thing to 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 be able to manage mm-hmm. um i think maybe early on um there's a time i would say maybe i was in denial about the treatment but mm-hmm. at the point at which i got to the place where i uh, accepted the situation and decided okay we're going to go through this path of treatment and mm-hmm. and therapy and that's what will help me get better um, i think she was also quick maybe to catch on, on it and Realized that she needed to support that process uh-huh. if I was going to get better. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, it, it, that going through the treatment doesn't mean that the dynamics of um, going through a time when the business is not hardly making any money or going uh-huh. through problematic times uh-huh. or dealing with a lot of debt, uh-huh. uh, there'd be months when I cannot bring anything home at all. Uh, And so that requires for her to step up and step in and cover for some of the things. mm Because the way we manage our finances, there's things I manage, there's things she manages. And so when I'm not able to manage the things on my side, it would mean that she has to step in. Mm -hmm. And I think even culturally, sometimes it's just a struggle in Kenya. (laughs) From cultural background where maybe we grew up in settings where it's our parents, the dad was the one who catered for everything and the mom mm-hmm. supported and then you get into a scenario where you know, there are occasions when the the wife has to step in and, mm-hmm. and actually carry the day as you support Yeah. and there, there, yeah, there are just a lot of dynamics there around dealing with ego, dealing mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, am I, am I doing the best I can mm-hmm. at work to 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 make sure that I'm, you know, bringing my contribution here and so yeah, so we, we I think as we were also dealing with the dynamics of getting treated, we also had to deal with the dynamics of then, okay, how do we also keep the marriage going Mm -hmm. uh, through all these challenges, hard conversations. Um, On her side, it's probably issues of how long is this dream going to take before it takes off? Uh, It's already been long enough. It's been many years. Mm -hmm. And that there have been times when things look good and money has come in and we are actually able to, Like I think there was a time maybe around that, 2012 or thereabouts, about 13, uh, 14 or no, 2014 is when I remember we maybe became quite profitable mm-hmm. and there would be money that would be able to come and we can take that out and maybe buy some land or some property or something mm-hmm. and it's good but then we sink back almost immediately yeah. <laughs> as yeah. we head towards 2017 yeah. into times when there is no money at all. Mm-hmm. And so there's those dynamics of good times, bad times and, uh, you know, on their and on her end, she's probably wondering, you know, is this thing ever going to get to the place where it's working mm-hmm. consistently and properly and without any issues? Uh, should this guy get, get a job? Because, you know, with my credentials, there's probably many places I could get a job as a director. True. And those struggles of... Uh, of not having money go away completely, yeah. uh, or so we think. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, so there are those those times when we would just have those very tough conversations around, is it time for me to, you know, call it quits and just go and do something substantial uh, under employment um, or, uh, or the like. In fact, I remember, um, when was this? Around 2019, mm-hmm. is when uh, we were are fortunate enough now to be able to raise money to set up the sandbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a substantial amount. And so we were now going through the process of designing how the sandbox is going to look and everything. And, and I remember a funny episode when I came home with uh, the the renderings of what the space was going to look like. And I showed my wife and then I could see the shock in her face for you've actually been telling me about these things since 2012. Right. But now is when I can see it's coming to fruition, you know. Uh-huh. And so maybe up until that time, it was just a dream, yeah. Uh, you know, to her. But then she could finally see, oh, okay, so this guy is not crazy. What these things he talks about actually comes to pass. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there's a lot of entrepreneurs who go through that. Because for the entrepreneur, it's a very clear vision in your mind. Like we had been working on this thing you know, how it was going to work, how we we're going to grow into it. And then finally the resources come all at once. Yeah. And we're able to set it up from yeah. its very ideal. Nature. The day we launched the sandbox, you know, it was quite a buzz uh, where the whole city just got to know all this new thing is in town. Mm -hmm. When it was up and running, we realized it's the only thing of its kind around the world. So we've gotten so much attention from people around the world wanting to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you see, up until it was up and running, it was probably sounding like just a pipe dream or something of a sort so yeah yeah, so there just has to be those things of you as an entrepreneur you're encouraging yourself because sometimes even your family is not seeing what it is that you're saying Mm -hmm. and and so you're in that space all by yourself they are probably thinking you're crazy and all sorts of things and then they see evidence of something (laughs) that's working and then they're like okay maybe it's not so crazy after after all so I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, (laughs) going through that and then of course in that process you've also had stories yes that, like you mentioned of those ones that went south completely. auctioneers came and cleaned out the house, took the car and everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you keep hearing such, such stories. so even for you, the entrepreneur, there are times when you sit down and you're like, maybe everyone else is right and I'm the one who's crazy mm-hmm. to think that this thing is possible yeah. Mm.
0: Did you ever come close to getting auctioned?
1: Yeah, uh, I've had auctioneers come to my door. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even happened? quite fairly recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So like you said, it's a rite of passage. Um, yes. I mean, yeah, we, we, we've definitely had that. Uh, again, election year, um, business is dwindling. Uh, our clients are unable to pay your accumulating rent. And yeah, you get that, uh, you know, dreaded demand letter yeah. that comes from your landlord's uh, lawyer. Mm-hmm. saying look you're behind on X and uh, uh, if you don't act within <laughs> the next X number of days we yeah. are going to send these guys to come and and so yeah we had the auctioneers come uh, you know go around uh, uh, valuing <laughs> all the stuff that is in our office. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this was
0: office, not house. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay.
1: office. Yeah, uh, in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you have to be smart and yeah. run a limited <laughs> limited entity so that your personal effects are not <laughs> <This
2: is true. laughs> yeah. part
1: of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then they now give you a date by which, if you've not cleared, they are going to come back and and uh, clean up everything. So of course, we got into a frenzy and trying to get every possible form of financing we could uh, just to start making things right got into a payment plan with uh, landlord. Mm -hmm. Uh, so thankfully we were able to uh, keep up that payment plan Um, uh, although you know we were harassed a little bit more beyond that but uh, (laughs) yeah because you know rent continues coming it it doesn't stop Uh, but yeah that was definitely a harrowing time uh just just for us to go through that experience together with my co directors yeah um um, and of course on the back end of such happenings uh you're also going back and asking yourself hard questions around why is in this business working Mm -hmm. uh as it should Mm uh just one of the key things I've concluded out of all election years that I need to be doing business outside Kenya. Yeah. Yeah, so that when Kenya slows down and things are not moving, at Uh least we have contracts where we're doing things, you know, so we've learned... Uh, ways of coping as well, or thinking and innovating, and uh, it's part of the reason why, as I run Sandbox, I'm very aggressive around this. Needs to be a multinational business. Let me deal with five election cycles, but they're not all happening in the same year. So when this country slows down, we're at least making money from this other one, uh-huh. and things don't come to a complete standstill.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. So how how soon <laughs> or, or how how far away are we from I
1: mean, uh, from, from expanding? Yeah. yeah. So uh, as it is already. Like with Wild International, we already do regional projects. We have projects running in Rwanda, uh-huh. TZ, Uganda. We have certain clients from Kenya who give us work in uh, several uh, different countries. Okay. Um, also as a result, we uh, are looking to set up in Ethiopia and uh-huh. we do also have conversations outside of Kenya. Uh, in the US, in Atlanta, we have conversation going on in Pakistan for a franchise for the sandbox. Yeah, so we've we've been welcoming um, people who want to set up the same thing through a different model, of course, uh, mm-hmm. where they'll probably be paying us a franchise and royalty, uh, but we enable them to set up and run the entity. Right. Um, that desire has also just made me very keen every time I travel, to try and find out the local dynamics around, okay, what's the rent per square foot in this city? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, talk to consultants and experts in those cities and ask them you know if we set up something like this would you in- be interested uh, how much would you pay so I do a lot of market research every time I'm traveling yeah just to see and I think where where things stand is that it's almost in every other location, if we were to set up. One, Nairobi is a very, very competitive city. People don't realize how much. I think the only people who compete with us is probably Lagos and Cairo. Mm -hmm. Um, Even South Africa is not as competitive as we are. And so you realize that when you go to other jurisdictions, either you'll be the only one doing that kind of thing, and so there's a lot of opportunity, Uh or you're also in a jurisdiction where the purchasing power is a lot higher. So Europe, the US, when I try and test out some of the pricing, Mm -hmm. I realize people are willing to pay many more times than what we are getting here in Kenya, yeah, and so yeah, so it's become a very firm strategy just for us to make sure we lock down a few, and start earning in dollars. Wow! <laughs> so that even as a dollar gets stronger, you're not worried. Yes, you're, yes, you know. Yeah, you actually celebrate. Your, you're, yeah. Yeah. My
0: goodness, I mean, this is—you're a masterclass <laughs> in entrepreneurship, like for real.
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: I have one final question. Mm. Um, what advice do you have? For an entrepreneur who's starting out and they feel like everything is falling apart, Mm. as we all feel, like it happens,
1: you know? Yeah, Um, I think not just even those starting out, even those who've been in the journey for a long time. Because I think Mm -hmm. at different points of that entrepreneurial journey, you'll always have to have a meeting with yourself as to, is this working?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Do I have what it takes to make this work? Uh, What I've found as I've grown older is that I'm a lot more comfortable admitting my failures and Mm -hmm. where I'm just not making things work and asking Mm -hmm. hard questions around who can I talk to, where can I get help to turn this situation around and that's why you find uh, like it just rolls off my lips, I'm quick to say, Are you facing a mental health issue? Get that therapist ass up. Don't even waste time. Don't even ask yourself questions as to whether you should talk to them. Like, no. Go into that session like yesterday. Mm -hmm. Are you having issues with business, uh, with accounting, with operations? Like, get the expert in that area. Like, don't waste time trying to figure it out by yourself. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much to figure out that I'm just like, even I get coaches. Like, I'm a coach, but I get coaches to help me figure out my business, to help me stay accountable with things that maybe I'm taking too long to make a decision. I'm very quick to suggest that. So so I'm just like, you know, uh, I tell guys, get over yourself. Like, yes, uh, there's all these things that encourage people to want to feel like heroes, you know, when it comes to building a business. But yeah, heroes die quickly. Like, (laughs) just seek (laughs) help quickly. Seek somebody who can advise you. Seek a mentor. Seek, seek every sort of person who can help you. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, I'm very quick to get help on just different issues. Uh, and I've found out there's a lot of people just willing to help. Some of it you'll pay for. It's fine. Invest. Pay for the therapy services. Pay for the coaching services. Don't don't try to figure this thing out alone. It's it's very difficult. Yeah.
0: Okay. I know I said <laughs> final question, but now I'm curious. What, yeah. So what happens if you're totally bootstrapping it? And you know that these are services that you need, but yeah. you can't afford.
1: No, I mean just just be creative around it. Okay. Uh, you have you need legal services. Find a relative or a friend who's a lawyer, and uh-huh. you know ask them to help you pro bono or something. Yeah, um, like just get creative around mm-hmm. finding that help. Uh, but then at the end of the day, get the help. Um, okay. Uh, get creative around keeping your costs very low um, don't keep that office if you don't need to don't yeah. uh, uh, don't drive that big car if you don't need to where you're spending a lot on fuel like mm-hmm. just get creative around uh, you know uh, making things work and, mm-hmm. and and getting that help so I think it requires a lot of um, maybe personal maturity uh, because some of these things are when you do them uh, there may be questions from friends and relatives, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as to why why are you done grading your lifestyle, why is this changing, why you know, why are all those things going on. So I think it calls for you building just a lot of personal maturity as you deal with some of these things, as you make the hard decisions, mm-hmm. as you make the transitions, as you know, um, yeah. But in 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 many of those times, answers exist. Uh, it just depends on how keen are you to find. Uh, those answers mm-hmm. and uh, and then when you find them also execute because sometimes yeah. we take too long before we make that hard decision and in the mean, meantime we are hemorrhaging, we are struggling, we are going through this year so um, yeah do whatever it can to turn the situation around mm-hmm. um, and then I guess also do a lot maybe to build a support system of fellow entrepreneurs, friends, mentors mm-hmm. uh, who can just help you sanity so check are you crazy as you're doing this uh, or are you making the right decisions yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. Um I I mean I have a lot to say about this, but we're gonna sidebar on that. <laughs> okay. Right now, I am pretty sure there are a lot of you who are thinking, guy, we need to meet with Joram right now so he can assist us. I mean with the possibility of growing your business five times in, I don't know, how long would that take? A year, Two, three two years.
1: years, yeah. In two, three years? My <laughs> yeah. goodness,
0: get in touch. Like, use those social yeah. media handles that you see on the screen in front of you and find him and ask for his help for your business. And on that note, I would like to say goodbye and we'll see you next week for another one just like this one.